Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. God gave, he loved the world so much that he gave his son. And you know, for me, the joy of actually um, buying a present and giving it is much more than in the receiving. I'm, I'm not very good at gift buying. I find that a bit difficult because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I know, I just want them to, find, I want to find something that's going to make them feel loved and like, like I put a lot of time and effort into it, but I don't actually have any time or effort in me to buy this gift, but I want it to really hit the mark and oh, anybody else understand that? There are a few, Deborah, you and me, we understand. I like, I'm like, is there an app to find a heartfelt gift? <laughs> no. But anyway, um, I do do my best. But when I actually do find something and I give it, the joy is found when the person receives it with joy and appreciation. And you know, the, the joy of being able to bless somebody else, the joy of being able to do something kind for somebody else is far greater uh, than anything else we can experience. So I'm gonna share a little bit about that tonight. Are you happy? Yeah. You know, if you're not, he knows exactly how to comfort you. That's the good thing about our God is he is in season and out of season, he's always there and he is always kind, and he is always faithful, and he is always good. And that's the thing that we can have when things are changing, when things happen, and uh, situations and circumstances in life aren't as wonderful as you'd like them to be. We'd have this solid rock, the unchanging Jesus, hallelujah, the unchanging Father, the one that we can run into, our refuge, our stronghold, hallelujah, who never changes, who's always there. And you know what else? He's always happy to see you. If you wake up on Christmas morning and you've got no one else to celebrate with, you wake up and say, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Father. And you can have this absolute confidence. He is overwhelmed with delight to hear your voice. He is overwhelmed with delight that you spoke to him that morning. Because every time we come to him, no matter what state we're in, if we come in faith believing that he hears us, because he does, he says, call to me and I will answer you. Seek me and I, you will find me. If you come and you say, good morning, Father, you can know that his heart is more full of joy than yours has ever been. His delight over the fact that you are acknowledging him, that you are there, is there for you, ready to overwhelm you, to wash over you, to fill you, to empower you, and to give you power to love someone else that day. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you, even if it is to take a thought to write a scripture or send a message or, you know, do something to bring hope. What you are doing is you are partaking with the very nature of God, amen? Father, we thank you for today. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful. You are a good, good father and we give you all the praise and all the glory 
and all the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you would, I'd like you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 79. There's a lot of verses in the first chapter of Luke. And it's an amazing story. Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth find themselves pregnant after years and years of childlessness and after she's passed the point of menopause and they are elderly. It comes to be Zacharias's turn to go into the temple. And I mean, this happens very rarely that their turn comes up to do this. And once a year they go in. And when he goes in, what he finds is an angel making an announcement that he and his wife are going to have a child. And this child is going to herald the Messiah. Well, we know the story that Zechariah was like, I can't see how that can happen. And so he was made to be mute until after the baby was born. You know, God cares very much about our words. When God gives you a promise, you need to be careful, no matter how discouraged you feel, not to let your lips curse what God is wanting to bless. You need to be very intentional not to use your words to speak negativity. It is not gonna make you feel better. When things aren't going well, to, to, to speak negatively doesn't somehow build you and make you feel better. All it does is actually speak negatively and create negative things that you don't want to see happen in your world. God didn't want Zechariah to be speaking any unbelief because he wanted them to have the promise that was, he, he had for them. So he had him close his mouth. He was mute. That wasn't a judgment of God, that was the protection of God. God wants sometimes for you to shut your mouth. My grandmother used to say, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. You know, that's more than just a good idea. There's great power in our words, amen? That's why we need to intentionally look and think, what does my next 10 years look like? What does this next season in my life look like? And begin to look with faith and begin to declare and decree what the will of God is because you and I were created in the image of the one who created the world with his words. And we have power. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have the power to bring joy, to bring hope, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. You have the power to bring hope and joy and life to somebody else today. You have power to create with your words because the Bible says you will eat the fruit of your lips. So the Lord in his mercy and his wisdom shut Zachariah's mouth so that he wouldn't be able to speak unbelief. And sure enough, Elizabeth became pregnant. They had a baby. And when the baby was born, Zachariah, finally, when they said, when the baby was born, they were discussing what it was to be called. God opened his mouth 
and he spoke, this is to, my son is to be called John. And he began to prophesy about what John would do, John the Baptist. And it says here in verse 79, he was speaking about um, John's uh, purpose in declaring and making a way and preparing the way for the coming of the Lord, for the Messiah. And he said of the Messiah, listen, listen to this, of the Messiah, he, ca- he was to come to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Hallelujah. This was the purpose of Jesus coming, to give us light where there'd been darkness and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Then we know that um, shortly after the announcement had been given to Zachariah about three months later or six months later, an angel appeared to a young virgin and made an incredible announcement. But this announcement wasn't met with unbelief. She answered and said, be it unto me according to your word. You know, God's looking for us to be like Mary. When he comes and gives a promise, instead of going, how can, I can't understand, I can't see how that could happen. We need to humble ourselves and say, I don't understand, but be it unto me according to your word, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. I often do that. I often deliberately lay hold of the promises of God and I say it out loud, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And when Elizabeth saw the pregnant Mary coming, she said to Mary, blessed are you who has believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things promised to you. And sure enough, the child Jesus was born of a virgin in Bethlehem And an announcement was made in the heavens. There was a glorious star in the sky. The Magi for months followed this star knowing uh, that the prophecy would be fulfilled, that the King of glory would be born. And shepherds in the field had a great announcement as an angel came and then a multitude of angels came. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that would have been like? No wonder they had to say, fear not. Pitch black, no lights, no electricity. Boom. The whole of the heavens lit up and singing. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is the most amazing announcement. And I think it's really important as we look at this in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. These words about the announcement of the Messiah, the announcement of the birth of the Son of God, born in a manger, born in a stable. This announcement, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to man, is something that is the message that we have to carry to the world around us. A lot of people, believe it or not, do not know that Jesus came for their goodwill. Many don't know that he came not to judge the world, but that the world through him would be saved. Many don't know that he came to bring peace, 
joy and good will. They think, well, I don't know if I can live a good life, maybe one day I might be okay when I get to heaven. This was not the message of the gospel. This was not the message of good news. Because the truth is that no one can earn salvation. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And that there is none righteous, no, not one. In fact, no matter how hard you try, you cannot make yourself as holy as God. If there has been a sin ever in your life, it has stained you and you cannot get rid of that stain. You cannot get rid of it no matter how you try. It's like Macbeth, the hot spot. You cannot get rid of it. All your good works cannot pay for it or make up for it. Whether they're big sins or little sins, they are sins that cause you to be unable to be joined with the one who is perfectly holy. We know that because the Bible says that he is light and light can't have any fellowship with darkness. And with any darkness at all, even the littlest bit, we are disqualified from being joined to God. And God's desire is that we would have perfect fellowship with him, that we would live forever with him in eternity, that we would live as one joined to him. So the only way that could happen was for the price for our sin to be paid. So God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, he himself, God incarnate, came to earth as a man, a little baby, grew up, went through his whole life and did not sin. Without sin, lived a sinless life. Yet he was tempted in every, every way that you and I have ever been tempted. Jesus was tempted. Yet he did not sin and then he was persecuted, falsely accused, and nailed to a cross, dying a most horrific death. And as he died, he said these words, it is finished. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. It was for the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. And the joy that he had in his heart, knowing he was going to the cross, the thing that empowered him to go through it all, was the joy of knowing that you and I would have the opportunity to have unbroken fellowship with him forever. That you and I would not have to pay for our sin in any way, shape, or form, but that he would take that on himself so that we could receive from him the gift of righteousness, the gift of mercy, the gift of grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest and peace, goodwill toward men. The goodwill of the Father was he came knowing he was going to die 
to be buried and to rise again so that you and I could have eternal life. It's the glorious good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. But you know, this thought about goodwill is something that I've been meditating on for these last few days. The goodwill of the Father. What it's saying is that his intention toward humans is to do them good. His desire is to bless, not to curse. His desire is to rescue you. His desire is to comfort you. His desire is to give you everlasting life, supernatural, continuous peace, his righteousness, his freedom, and his joy. True freedom that lives unafraid of the future, unafraid of death, unafraid of being punished because you know you have been forgiven. That we might walk in a supernatural peace and have a clean conscience, not based on what we've done, but based on the fact that he himself has given his life to make us clean, hallelujah. And now anyone who believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is anyone who would acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that they have need of salvation, they have need of mercy, they have need of forgiveness, and puts their faith in Jesus as the Son of God who will give them what they need. That is mercy, righteousness, redemption, forgiveness, and everlasting life will be saved. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Good will toward men. But now you and I, as we respond to the mercy of Jesus and say, God, I do need it. I do need salvation. I'm gonna humble myself and receive your mercy. It requires you to acknowledge that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It takes humility. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when you humble yourself and say it, God, I've sinned, I need your mercy. The Bible says that he will take your sin, he will take the very stain of it, and he will wash you as white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, you will be made as white as snow. Though they be as crimson, they will be white like wool. Snow and wool are naturally white. He comes and he takes away the stain, the smell, the, the every trace of who you were as a sinner and he makes you naturally, supernaturally, perfectly clean, perfectly righteous, so that you can have genuine, supernatural peace, joy, comfort and assurance that you are saved, hallelujah. But this goodwill is something that you and I also have the capacity to give. You and I are called to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. You and I have the power to bring peace in difficult situations. Now the Bible tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath. 
You and I have the power to bring a gentle answer when someone is angry. You and I have the power to bring peace where there's been division. You and I, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who has given us himself, we now have power to exercise the fruit of self-control, to exercise the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We have the power to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit no matter what we feel like, because now Christ himself dwells on the inside of us. God himself, who desired goodwill toward men, lives on the inside of each one who has been born again. And by faith, you have access to pre produce good fruit. But we need to remind ourselves, we need to remember whose image we are made in. You and I are no longer weak humans, subject to however we feel. But we now have been bought with a price, redeemed and made new, and you have access to the very nature and virtue of Jesus himself. This Jesus who turned the other cheek, this Jesus who forgave those who wrongfully were killing him, spitting on him, he forgave and we have the capacity to forgive. We have the capacity to love. We have the capacity to bring peace and do kind things. Love is patient. Love is kind. God is love as he is, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4. So are we in this world. If we would remind ourselves of the truth of what we look like, we can step into this superpower of kindness and demonstrate goodwill toward men everywhere we go. You know, it's the little things that can really have an impact. Kindness that's given without any thought of return or reward. I remember once being in an airport, the escalators weren't working, I had a couple of bags, had to transfer between flights. I was struggling trying to carry everything. And a woman behind me says, let me help you with that. Grabs one of the bags and carries it down the stairs. I remember that to this day, though it happened a few years ago, because there was nothing in it for her, but she saw someone else that could use a hand and she demonstrated kindness. I've never met her, I'll probably never meet her again, but I was touched by the kindness that she demonstrated. And you and I have that sort of power to do things that will change lives forever if we would show the kindness of Christ. You might think, well, how does that change your life forever? You just don't know. You just don't know what a kind word could do. You just don't know what your smile, what your encouragement could do. You don't know where someone is. The clerk behind the counter, a kind word. You don't know the power that it could have. Taking something to a neighbor or doing something kind. You might not think it is a Herculean big effort, but something done with the love of Christ, can manifest him to them. Now, the Bible tells us that 
as much as we've done it to the least of these, we've done it to him. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, it says, and the king will answer and say to them, assuredly I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Do you know your kindness? God takes it personally. When you love somebody, when you show some and demonstrate some goodwill towards someone else, it's not just a nice thing to do. God in eternity makes a record of it and takes it personally. This is the story of at the end of the age when the sheep and the goats are gathered. Jesus has a record of the good works they did. Jesus has a record of the goodwill that they showed. You know, these are things that we cannot understand the internal consequences, the internal impact, the eternal impact that we can have through an act of kindness. He doesn't forget the good works that you do. He doesn't forget the kindness that you show. That in a moment of stress, you just did something kind to somebody else and perhaps helped them from falling off the edge. You know, I, I believe that the heart of the Father is that we would learn to live like Him, to know Him and to make Him known. And we have that opportunity every single day you know, many of us in a busy world can get overwhelmed with the busyness and the things that we have to do. Life seems to get busier and busier. Even when you leave work, you're still connected. You're still hearing, you're still knowing 24 seven, it's going on. And if you're a sensitive personality, then you, and you feel and you love, then everything is, has the capacity to cause sadness and pain and stress. I look at the fires that are burning out of control around the nation and my heart grieves. I look at the drought and think of the, the farmers that are really struggling at the moment and my heart is grieved. I think about those that are, are having a difficult time at the moment and my heart is grieved, but the heart of the Father is that we would look to Him and not just wear the heaviness, but bring it to him in prayer and do something good. That is, you can pray. Say a prayer for a struggling farmer. Say a prayer for someone that is, that is uh, struggling in this season and by themselves. Do something. Ask the Lord, what would you have me do today? What could I do to bless somebody else? What could I do to bring goodwill to someone today? And you know what? The Holy Spirit, your helper, is there to hold your hand and to lead you. The Bible says he has laid up good works in advance for you to do. Doesn't mean you have to do everything. But you know what? There are good works that have been specifically laid up in advance for you to do today. <coughs> and if we would stop and do as the Bible says, which is, to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. That is, if you'll say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today, but I wanna hold your hand. 
I believe you said you've laid up good works in advance for me to do today. Lord, that you've given me the power of life and death in my tongue. Lord, help me today. Show me the kind word that you want me to speak. Show me the good work that you've laid up in advance for me to do today. Help me today. Lord, I thank you, you are my strength. You are my hope. I hold your hand today and I ask you to help me to manifest your goodwill to people around me. Help me to manifest your kindness. Help me to manifest your peace. Help me to manifest your love, your joy, your long suffering today. Help me, Lord, to remember your goodness and your kindness and to be refreshed in the understanding of the knowledge of you by your Holy Spirit so that I can remember what I look like today. So that today I can step out and love someone like you love them. You know, it also comes back down to believing who you are. When you receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, the Bible says that you are born again. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees said, I can't understand how could that possibly happen? God said, Jesus says this, he says, with man it's impossible, with God all things are possible. And he makes the impossible possible in that he makes you and I new creations. Old things have passed away, that is, who you were is gone. And today, God wants you to wake up and remember, thank God, my life was crucified with Christ. I was buried with him. I have been raised up with him. I may have made some mistakes, I may have sinned, I may have fallen short of the glory of God, but his mercies are new every morning. And today my faith is in the one who takes away the sins of the world. Today I declare I am the righteousness of God in Christ and I will lay hold of the power of God to manifest the nature and the virtue of Christ, not in my strength, but in the strength that now lives on the inside of me. I put my faith in Jesus. The man who lived a sinless life, God who came to earth and lived as a man, who died and rose again now lives on the inside of me. His spirit lives in me, not a little bit of him, but the fullness of his spirit lives in you and I and is waiting for you to acknowledge him so that you might begin to step into the good works and do the things that he's laid up in advance for you to do. Peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. God's desire is for you and I to be heralds of this great good news. That we would take the good news of the gospel and we would manifest it in our kindness. That we would look and that we would see when other people are hurting. And not just hurt with them, but recognize as you're hurting with them that you have power to bring hope and life and the comfort of the Holy Spirit himself. The Bible says that with the comfort we receive from him, we will comfort many others. Yes. What have you got today that you could give? What have you got that you could demonstrate to another person? I want you to know if you've received Jesus as your savior, you have more than you could ever understand. And God so desires that you would take what you've been given 
and that you would share it with the world around you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I believe that so often in, at Christmas time, we can be, um, we can be overwhelmed with all the things that need to happen. Unfortunately, there's a lot of call-outs for domestic violence and all sorts of nasty things as people have time off and get at each other. But we have the capacity, as you might walk through the busy shops, to see, to see people, to show kindness, to show care. There are people here today that have no family. There are people here going through horrible circumstances. But you have the power to see them. And not just see them, but to offer something that is more than just sympathy. It is true love that can give. A kind word. Doing something that's gonna impact their life with the love of Christ. My heart for every one of us is that we would recognize that whatever burdens you may be carrying, you can lift them to him because he cares for you. And that you would receive in exchange the strength, the mercy, the grace to manifest the kindness of Christ. We're going to pray in just a moment, but before I do that, I wanna ask you, if you're here and you know in your heart you haven't, responded to the invitation of Jesus to receive salvation. The Bible says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. The Bible says that if you will come to him, whether you're weary and heavy laden or whatever state you're in, and you will acknowledge, I have need of forgiveness. I have need of salvation. I want eternal life and so I come to you and give you my sin to receive your righteousness. If you do that, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices because it is the thing that Jesus died for. The greatest thing you could do is to bless your Father with the joy of receiving you and giving you eternal life because his greatest joy is to give. He's giving, he's giving right now. And the way to bless him, the way to thank him is to receive that gift and say, thank you, I need that, I receive it. I humble myself, I'll take it, thank you very much. I receive it. Today, if you're here and you know in your heart you want to receive the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not gonna make you come out the front, but I wanna give you an opportunity right now to lift your hand and say, yes, today I wanna receive the gift, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the gift of Jesus, the Son of God who takes away my sin. I wanna open my heart and receive it. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the heart of God is that none would perish but all would have eternal life. But unless we receive Jesus as the gift that He is to us, 
we remain separated from God. God's desire is for us to walk through the door. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But we must make the choice to walk through the door, to receive the gift. And as we do it, he says he will come into our hearts and make us new on the inside, that he will never leave us or forsake us, and he will give us power to be new creations. If that's you today and you say, yes, I wanna receive the gift of Jesus. I wanna receive salvation today. I wanna respond to the mercy of Jesus. I want you just to raise your hand. I'm gonna pray with you. Is there anyone here? Let me see your hand if that's you. Just wave it at me. I wanna pray for you. I see you, God bless you. It's so beautiful. Is there anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Today, I wanna respond to the mercy of Jesus. Let me see your hand because this is your personal decision and you are confessing him just by doing this. You're saying, I'm not ashamed of you. I need you. I want you as my savior. And he says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father who's in heaven and say, they are mine. They are mine. They acknowledged me as savior. They came and they gave me their sin and I gave them my eternal life. Who else would say yes? Is there anyone else? that says, yes, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior today. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Don't miss this opportunity. Is there anyone else? Let, just wave it at me, I'll see you. Thank you, Jesus. So Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website www.glorycitychurch.com.au We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.